Welcome to the Asbury Free Methodist Broadcast, where today we will be listening to this week's sermon by Pastor Brent Russell. Welcome to back to our series, Genuine, a walk through Colossians. We're on part 11 of a 12-part series. Today we're going to be looking at Colossians chapter 3, verse 18 to chapter 4, verse 1. Last week we reviewed the three big truths that the Colossian tells us. The first truth is that your spiritual life is completely based on what Jesus has done for you. Not what you've done for him, but what he's done for you. But the second big truth is that the practice of your spiritual life is all about intimacy with Jesus. It's all about how close you are with him and moving towards him. The third big truth of of Colossians is this, that the measure of your spiritual life, the measure of your intimacy with God, the measure of your transformation is, is seen in how you relate to other people. And we're going to continue on with that third truth today as we dive into uh, Colossians chapter 3. We've been called earlier on in this passage to set our our minds and our hearts on things above. And then Colossians chapter 3 verse 5 says this, Put to death, therefore, whatever belongs to your earthly nature, sexual immorality, impurity, lust, evil desires, greed, which is idolatry. Paul goes on to say in verse in verse uh, 8, but now you must also rid yourself of all such things as these, anger, rage, malice, slander, and filthy language from your lips. Do not lie to each other, since you have taken off your old self with its practices. In other words, don't damage the people around you uh, by your actions and what your, you, your words. Don't treat others in a way that manipulates them and manipulates them for, for your own ends. Paul goes on to tell us how to live, verse uh, chapter 3, verse 12. Therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourself with kindness and compassion, uh, clothe yourself with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Bear with each other and forgive one another. If any of you have a grievance against someone, forgive as as the Lord forgave you. And over all these virtues put on love, which binds them all together in perfect unity. All of these things which we are to put to death, and all of these things which we are clothed to clothe, comes out of intimacy with God. It's about our closeness with God that transforms us to allow to put to death those things and to clothe ourselves with those virtues. That is the measure of our spiritual life. I tell you this because as we get to today's passage, it's important that that uh, we live it out in context with what the rest of Colossians chapter 3 says. Because if you take it in isolation, it can have a devastating effect. If you try to, to live the next pe- um, passage out of context, then you're going to go to a bad place. Come with me to verse 18. It says this, Wives, submit yourself to your husbands, as is fitting in the Lord. Husbands, love your wives, and do not be harsh with them. Children, obey your parents in everything, for this pleases the Lord. Fathers, do not embitter your children, or they will become discouraged. Slaves, obey your earthly masters in everything, and do it not only when they 
have their eye on you to curry their favor, but with sincerity of heart and reverence for the Lord. Whatever you do, work at it with all your heart as working for the Lord, not for human masters. Since you know that you will receive an inheritance from the Lord as a reward, it is the Lord Jesus you are serving. Well, I'm going to dive into this passage where angels fear to tread. Verse 18. Wives, submit yourselves to your husband as is fitting in the Lord. If you have not taken into account the rest of the message of Colossians, uh, that the practice of your spirituality is about intimacy with God, and the measure of your spirituality is about your relationship with other people, then you'll probably interpret this verse wrong. There are some corners of the church that believes that the, the God wants men to dominate women, and the women should submit. They believe that suffering is a Christian virtue, so if a woman is suffering by submitting to her husband, well, that's okay. Let me say that this is not only a deeply flawed interpretation of this passage, but it is gross and a horrible and an evil interpretation of Scripture. Submission in the Bible is not like submission in wrestling, where one person looks to dominate another person, and when the other person is pinned to the mat, uh, then submission happens. Uh, Jesus spoke out against manipulating other people for your own ends. He spoke out against dominating other people. It goes against what Paul has been previously talking about in Colossians. Um, so a husband can never go to his wife and say, you must submit to me. There's no place in Scripture where that, that should happen. Submission in the Bible is about a willingness to come under another's authority. Biblical submission is always about willing to, to um, come under another, uh, another person. It's your choice. It's not the person in authority's choice. No one can require or coerce uh, someone to come under their authority and be truly spiritual. Now, a parallel to this verse in Colossians is a verse found in, in Ephesians chapter 5, verse 21. It says this, Submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. Wives, submit to your, yourselves to your husbands, your own husbands, as you do to the Lord. You are not only husband and wife in a relationship, but you are also brothers and sisters in Christ. And what the scripture says is we are called to submit ourselves one to another. So there is to be a mutual submission going on as brothers and sisters in Christ before the command ever comes of wives to submit to your husbands. I have a wife who has a couple of medical degrees. I'd be foolish not to submit to her uh, when it comes to advice on medicine. Going back to Colossians, the Colossians passage. Colossians chapter 3, verse 18. Wives, submit yourself to your husbands as is fitting in the Lord. Notice the phrase, as is fitting in the Lord. If you want to do an interesting study, take a look at the phrase, in him or in the Lord, in the book of Colossians. There are a lot of things the wives should not submit to. 
because there are not in the Lord. You're not required to submit to things that are, are not in the Lord. I belabor this point because I've heard a way too many stories of, um, like Carolyn uh, Hagen relays in her book, Abuse Women and the Bible. She said, said this, a pastor went to, or a woman went to her pastor and told her pastor about her husband's abuse and uh, his abusive behavior towards her. The pastor's response to this woman was, no matter what he's doing to you, he's still the spiritual head. Respect those behaviors, uh, respect the behaviors you can and pray for those that you can't respect. But remember, no matter what, you owe it to him and to God to live in submission to your husband. Uh, you'll never be happy until you submit to him. It was no wonder that when she came to Carolyn, she felt like she was going a little crazy because it's like she was unhappy um, as a battered wife and she was being told by her pastor that in order to be happy that she must submit to his battering. Even more disturbing was that the devoutly Christian religious husband, I should say, insisted that that he batter his wife because she wouldn't submit to his God-given headship. I wish that was an isolated incident, but it's not. Using the Bible like that is wrong and sinful and grievous and horrible. There is absolutely no place for abuse, either spousal or child abuse, in the body of Christ. Absolutely none. Colossians chapter 3, verse 19. Husbands, love your wife and do not be harsh with them. The word love is agape love. It means that you will do what's in the other person's best interest, whether you get anything from it in return. Part of the journey of two Christians being married is to learn to live in such a way where they live unselfishly, where you submit one to another, first of all, and you pray about those things where you'll come under the authority of because it's only in those things that, that you should submit uh, to authority. Never submit to evil. Colossians chapter 3, verse 20. Children, obey your parents in everything, for this pleases the Lord. Fathers, do not embitter your children, or they will become discouraged. I, I like Paul. that Paul's speaking up for kids. Uh, he just uh, assumes that kids will be part of the body of Christ, and he speaks directly to them and said, Kids, here's how to please the Lord. That's what we want to teach our kids, how to please the Lord. Now we come to the, the next part of this challenging passage. Verse 22. Slaves, obey your earthly masters in everything, and do it not only when their eye is on you and to curry uh, their favor, but with sincerity of heart and reverence for God. It was a different time and it was a different place. There were slaves and there was masters. Paul didn't try to change society, but what he did try to do was change the culture of the church. And so when people looked at how people behaved 
uh, towards one another in the church, its hope would be seen that that would be good, and that in itself would transform society. So we not only need to do what is right, but also we need to be seen to do what is good. So let me give you the backstory here, what's happening as Paul writes this. As you know, Colossians was written by Paul. He was in a Roman prison, and he was accompanied by Epaphras, uh, who had founded the Colossian church. And he's writing to the people in Colossae, most of which he had, had never met, although he'd, he'd written, or he knew a few people. Colossians chapter 4, verse uh, 7 to 9, tells us that this, this letter is going to be delivered to the Colossian people um, from Rome to Colossae by a guy named Tychius and Onesimus. Now, Onesimus was from Colossae. In fact, he was a runaway slave from Colossae. And what's worse was that his master was in the church at Colossae. His master's name was Philemon. You may know that name because well, it's one of the very small books in the, uh, in the New Testament. Um, Paul wrote a, a letter to Philemon about Onesimus, and apparently Philemon became a follower of Jesus because of Paul. Paul basically says, Onesimus has become a follower of Jesus. He has been like a son to me, and I'm sending him back to you because... Um, I don't want to manipulate you into doing anything that you uh, don't want me to do. But then this is what Paul says in Philemon, verse 15. Perhaps the reason he was separated from you for this little while was that you might have him back forever. No longer as a slave, but better than a slave, a dear brother. He is very dear to me but even dearer to you, both as a fellow man but all, but, uh, and as a brother in the Lord. So if you consider me a partner, welcome him as you would welcome me. Paul doesn't actually say you have to free him, although the suggestion is there. But what he does say is you need to treat him as a brother in Christ. In fact, you need to treat him with honor, the same honor that you would honor me with. And it is from that background that Paul delivers this message to the Colossian people. Verse, uh, Colossians chapter 3, verse 22. Slaves, obey your earthly masters in everything uh, and do it not only when their eye is upon you to curry their favor, but with sincerity of heart and reverence for the Lord. Whatever you do, work at it with all your heart as working for the Lord, not as for human masters. Since you know that you will receive an inheritance from the Lord as a reward, it is the Lord Christ you are serving. Anyone who does wrong will be uh, repaid for their wrong, and there is no favoritism. Masters, provide your slaves for your slaves with what is right and fair, because you know that you also have a master in heaven. Don't have time to get into the details of this, but looking at it from a 50,000 uh, foot view and how it applies to us, Paul is talking about what kind of person that you are and what kind of person 
you're called to be, what kind of person you want to be. Here's the thing, our, our fallen nature wants us to get away with doing as little as possible. For the employee in a minimum wage job, you know, to get away with doing as little as possible. They're not paying us that much. And for the employer to get away with doing as little as possible in terms of compensating their employees. That comes out of our fallen nature. But Paul's saying something quite different. It's, it's not about who you work for and who works for you. It is whose you are and ultimately you are working for him he is your boss. He says, whatever you do, do it with all your heart is working on to the Lord. So for those of you who work for a boss, he's saying, yeah, you work for a boss, but work for the Lord. The boss may give you a paycheck, but you're setting up for yourself an eternal reward. He's saying for the ones who are in a position of, of authority, treat the people underneath you fairly, knowing that... Uh, the Lord Jesus sees that how you are treating them, and you will be judged. In fact, it says, if, if anyone's treated unfairly, Jesus is going to take care of that. So he says, treat your employees fairly. And the people who do wrong, they will get their own. Relationships are complicated. I don't know if you've noticed this. Relationship between a husband and a wife are complicated. Relationship between parent and child, relationship between employer and employee. Um, the message of the whole of chapter 3 in Colossians is this. Because of what Jesus has done for you, and because of your connection with, with Jesus and your intimacy with Jesus, he wants to transform you from the inside out. And as he do, does that, that will affect your relationship with other people. It doesn't uncomplicate them. But what it does is say, I'm going to focus on what God requires of me in each of my relationships. Our tendency is when something goes bad in a relationship to blame the other person. And they may quite well have done something wrong. But the question that God asks us is, you can't change the other person. So how do you respond in a godly manner to the other person? And those are not straightforward questions. They are questions where we need to hear God on. But mostly in the middle of those challenges, what God is trying to do is transform us and allow us to become the person that we were meant to be, walking fully into the inheritance that he's given us. I want to encourage you, if you have complicated relationships, if you have challenging relationships, to say, Lord, transform my life from the inside out so that I can live in those relationships well. And Lord, give me great wisdom, and God promises to give wisdom to those who ask, how to live in those relationships in a godly manner. Do I need to push forward? Do I need to back off? Do I need to trust? Do I need to hold back? There's no one answer fits all. But I will tell you this, that as God transforms you on the inside, it will allow you to live well in this world in spite of the people around you, 
hopefully the people around you call the best out in you. That's what we're required of, uh, of us, is to call the best out of the people around us. Not to put them down, not to somehow lord over them, not to somehow, um, you know, get their problems fixed so that we can have an easier life. What we're called is to call the best out of other people. But at the same time, we're called to walk in a godly way throughout this life. I'm praying that God would give you the wisdom and the grace and the power on the inside so that he transforms you so that you can live well in this world. Let me pray for you. Lord Jesus, relationships are challenging. I'm asking that you would speak grace into those people who are feeling challenged right now. That you would give them a great wisdom on how to live in their relationships. I'm asking, Lord, that you would speak uh, life into them. Lord, help them to be who they're called to be in spite of the people around them. Lord, give them wisdom in how they're to deal with their relationships. Give them wisdom in how they're to react. I'm asking, Lord, that you would give great wisdom so that as we walk through this world, that who we are will and what you've done in our lives will show up in how we relate to other people. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for joining us this week on Asbury Free Methodist Broadcast. Make sure to visit our website at asburyfmperth.com where you can subscribe and never miss a show. If you'd like this broadcast, you might want to check out our Facebook page, Asbury Free Methodist Church. Until next week, take care and God bless.